0: Way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data.
1: Adams gives it back to Russ. Deep shot.
2: fantasy basketball
1: podcast
2: good evening and welcome back to daddy's fantasy basketball league podcast i'm your host cam dake and with me as always are my two co-hosts number one gabe sabarzo
1: hey what's up everybody
2: and you know him you love him zach Mueller.
1: Yes, sir. Another week.
2: Zach, have you uh, survived your bachelor party, bud?
0: Barely. We we barely made it out of there with my the combination of my nerve damage and uh, a few of our people there almost dying. We we almost didn't make it back.
2: Yeah, but we did. We almost shoved Big R off the Hoover Dam. Uh, that would have been pretty entertaining, but. We ended up letting them live, and uh, we all made it back, like you said. So we had a good time in Vegas. I think we all stayed COVID-free, which is great, uh, and had a good time there. Boys, we had another uh, another big week of NBA basketball. It's actually been closer to like 10 or 11 days since our, our last podcast. Um, and a lot has happened, a lot that we want to get to, specifically the James Harden trade, which we will get into in this podcast. Um, in fact, we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of erase the injuries part portion of our podcast this, uh, at the beginning here, I'm sure we'll talk about big injuries as we're going through all these teams, um, and all of the weekly matchups, but we're going to go ahead and get right into, um, the, my team weekly updates, and we're going to start off with Zach. We're going to start off with your Mavs. So how did your Mavs do this week? I believe they played pretty well. Uh, can you give us a weekly update?
0: Yeah, I was about to say, you might as well start with the best, so let's get into it. Oh boy. So since since our last podcast, uh, the Mavs have gone 3-0. and um, They played at the Nuggets, which we saw when we were out in Vegas. They played the Magic. Um, they had the Pelicans game postponed due to our COVID cases. And then we played Charlotte last night. Um, Over that three-game span, um, Luca is really starting to look like the MVP candidate people thought he would be this year. Um, I think over those three games he played, he's averaging like 36 points, uh, 10 assists, and 10 rebounds, so he's averaging a 30-point triple-double, but the thing I thought was really interesting is he's averaging like three blocks and three or four steals over that span as well, so... You don't normally think of Luca being that defensive, but it it seems like he's putting a lot of emphasis on it this year, and he's getting stats out of it. A um, few things I wanted to hit on on that Nuggets game that we want to know T. I just wanted to call out Ramsey because he uh, made fun of my comment for Kleba. Cleveland was the one that hit the three to force it into OT, and ultimately us won that game. So each hit
2: That game was awesome. Like it was such a good game. That was the game Jokic hit that. uh, Just the most casual game tying shot I think I've ever seen in my life. That thing just like was a no doubter fader. Uh, It was awesome. Like that was such a good game.
1: Casual is the perfect word to describe how Jokic plays the game of basketball. Exactly. Every move that he makes, every pass that he makes, it just looks casual, and it's the most insane like game tying shot exactly. that you've ever seen.
0: Yeah, we were we were getting killed um, the first half of that game. I think we were down like fifteen at one point. And then, uh, honestly, it just took a turn. It seemed like maybe halfway through the third or in the fourth. I know Cam actually watched more th- more of that one than I did. So,
2: yeah, me and Big R were in the uh, hotel room while you guys were, I think, playing craps or something. Yeah, winning big money. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we were watching the uh, we watched the whole second half of that game, um, and it was just so entertaining back and forth. Like the first half of that game. It it was it was ugly, man. Like both offenses were terrible, which you would wouldn't expect out of that matchup. And then uh, second half, like everybody turned it on, and the fourth quarter was a lot of fun with both of those uh, both those offenses clicking and just going back and forth. And then of course the Mavs won in overtime. Um, but super fun game.
0: Yeah, I I don't know what it is about us playing the Nuggets, but I think we played them like three or four times last year. And every single game was, like, within one or two points. So it seems like any time we match up with them, it's going to be a close one, and it'll be fun. So, um, so that's pretty much it for that matchup. Then we played the Magic. Um, the main note I had on this one was that Tim Hardaway hit eight threes for me, which, I mean, we all know he's a three-point shooter, but I could not believe he actually hit eight of them in one game.
1: Yeah, remember his, when you said that uh, when he played the Rockets, that was going to be his best game of the year, and it was unrepeatable. <laughs> yeah. Remember yeah. when you said that? How many threes did he hit <laughs> that game? Was it? Uh, was I don't. I three? don't remember the exact number, but he put up 30 points, and I think he okay, has had. Guy. He's had one or two more 30-point performances just in the short amount of time since we last uh, talked about it. So he's That's, he's playing hey, really well.
0: Well, I'm okay with being wrong on that because <laughs> he's on my team. So. <laughs> And um, the other game was against Charlotte last night. They had beat us earlier in the year, and I think we were a little bit mad about that. Um, We came out, we got like a 20-point lead on them. Um, KP was back. That was his first game back. He looked like his old self to me. He had to knock a little bit of rust off, but he went four of nine from three, finished with 16 points, four rebounds, and he had two blocks. And I think he only played something like 20 minutes. So... Uh, I thought it was a really good coming out game for him, and things are looking good in Dallas, so I I can't complain too much about the last few games. I think we're 5-1 in our last six, and 3-0 and oh in our last three, and uh, Cam, Luca's three-point percentage is up to 27.3% now, so we're climbing
2: our way up it there. It is. It is. Uh, I was actually going to mention, I, so I watched the first half of the game last night against the Hornets, because <clears throat> I just... I was really curious to see, like, you had mentioned Chris Stapps was going to change how your team rebounded and just, like, how big of a difference he makes just for you guys. And I was super impressed. Now, I will say the Hornets, they looked terrible from, like, the very beginning of that game. They looked really, really bad. But Chris Stapps, like, he just came out firing. He hit his first three, and then he hit, like, a step-back three later in the first quarter, um, which looked really good. But I'll say this, like... Having watched a few Mavericks games in a row, I always felt like Luka was really pressing, um, like almost like he felt like he had to do everything by himself, especially early on in the season. And I know we've talked about like what sort of shape was he in and he just didn't really ever look comfortable. Last night, it just looked like he he was playing like I've seen Luka play in really great games. Like it just looked like he was super comfortable. Um, he knew he always had Kristaps as like Kind of this uh, outlet in case he got like stuck safety at the top. Valve, yeah. yeah, like a safety valve kind of guy at the top, and it, he just looked so so much more comfortable than I've seen him play all the rest of the year. Um, and I've probably watched more Mavs games than Thunder games, honestly. Um, and to to give you guys credit, Zach, like y'all looked really really good. The other note that I would make on that Hornets game, Bobon absolutely destroyed the uh the charlotte second unit like he was so good in that first half they're trying to run like uh they're trying to run pj washington i think as like their small ball five and he's nice. like six seven so bobon gets in there and posts him up and bobon's what seven three he's probably got a hundred pounds on pj washington and he just big-boyed every one of them. Just It was like three or four possessions in a row of him just big-boying them. It was awesome.
0: No, yeah, I, I pretty much completely agree with everything you said. Um, start of the year, it did seem like Luca was forcing everything, and he, he was the only real playmaker out there, which he really was. But now when you have KP, you've got such another big offensive weapon that – At least, you know, when he gets a good look, odds are it's probably going in. Whereas when you're throwing the ball to, like, Josh Richardson or something, I I don't know what your your odds are of him hitting that shot.
2: Let's go ahead and move on to the Thunder here. Um, So, for my Thunder, we – so, actually, after we had last talked, we had lost to the Heat – Really badly, and I told you, Hamidou Diallo is like our new tank commander, and he's gonna lead us to the promised land of getting a really good draft pick. But of course, just knowing my luck, I say that, and the following three games, Hami was really, really good. Uh, we actually won our next three games, so we beat the Pelicans one eleven to one ten, we beat the Knicks one o one to eighty nine, and we beat the Nets with Kevin Durant, mind you. 129 to 116. The interesting part about that is at, at the beginning of the season, we were winning all these games because our starting unit was just vastly outplaying the other team's starting unit. Um, and, and then like our, would make up for our bench being really bad. But those three games, it was actually our bench that was making us win those games. Our starters actually weren't playing all that well against, uh against those other teams. But our bench would come in, and they were just dominating everybody, led by Hamadou Diallo, which is crazy. I think he had three 20-point games in a row or something close to that. Um, But he played really, really well. And then uh, a couple nights ago, we played the Spurs, um, and we ended up losing that game by 10. Uh, We did not look very good in that game. Uh, The only one that did kind of look good was uh, was Shea against the Spurs, but he just like couldn't do it by himself. It was clearly just like him all by himself. And then last night we got blown out by the Lakers. Like that game was never even close. Um, Alexei Pokashevsky played pretty well. Like his first game of first good game of the year, so that was encouraging to see. Um, but honestly, fellas, we've got we've got a string of really really tough games like. All throughout um, the rest of this month and the beginning of next month, uh, we've got some really difficult games. I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot more of what this Thunder team is about after this stretch of games. Cause so far we've just been like really scrappy and winning games that we probably shouldn't be winning. Um, but I have a feeling we're about to go on a little bit of a losing streak here, which is fine with me, cause I'd love to get some better draft picks. So. That's kind of all there is on the Thunder there that I had.
1: Speaking of uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, did you see his cousin, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, yeah. put up 37? There's something in the uh, family line there.
2: Yeah, I've actually heard a lot of uh, cries from Pelicans fans saying they want naw to uh, to start. They want want him to start over Lonzo. So.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah, I don't know yeah. that development, but...
1: Yeah. I mean, Lonzo's is dealing with a knee issue right now, so I don't know what that's going to look like long-term, but uh, I, I think he struggled this year trying to find an identity, exactly how he fits into uh, that Pelicans team now that they're uh, a little bit healthier. Yeah. yeah you hate, yeah. you hate to see his little brother out playing
2: him. <laughs> is yeah. his brother's playing That was <laughs> awesome. Oh, Hey, yeah. quick, quick plug before we get into, uh, the hardened trade, uh, so the Ringer NBA show, I don't know if you guys uh, listen to basketball podcasts, but they have a brand new, um, I guess, series coming out on the Ringer platform. It's across all platforms, so Spotify, Apple Music, and they have this series called Ringer University, and it's with Kevin O'Connor and Jonathan Sharks. which, Zach, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a Dallas guy. And uh, it. I listened to the first episode today. It's all about young players in the NBA. So if you are somebody like me who really cares about young players and just like how they're doing in the league, it's not all like the big headlines. It's mainly just talking about these young guys and it's talking about who's going to be in the league in the next couple years and how everybody's doing. It was really, really good. Um, and Kevin O'Connor is like a really big NBA player i don't know nba figurehead across like social media and stuff um and he's he's really good at deducing those young guys so hopefully i can bring in some uh some knowledge and content from that um podcast for you guys but it was a lot of fun and i recommend listening to it if you have time
0: yeah i i remember back uh when the mavs drafted dennis smith jr um Pretty much, the Ringer had the best information I thought in detail about like every prospect and every young player. So I I do pay some attention to the Ringer, like you're saying. I don't know about that podcast, but I think they do a good job at uh, explaining everything in the draft. And from what I've seen, they actually have pretty good results because they were they were super high on Luca in that draft, and they kind of got me excited about maybe getting him, and then we did.
2: Yeah, they were also really high on uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who's been killing it uh, so far yeah. this year. So
1: Probably second in NBA Rookie of the Year uh, running so far next to LaMelo.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what they talked about in this first episode. So it was really good. Um, Gabe, yeah. do you want to go ahead and uh, tell us, did anything happen in Houston this week? I, uh, I'm not sure if I heard anything.
1: Yeah, so... Um, I'm sure that uh, most of you all know, but, um, it was the end of an era in Houston and, uh, James Harton, who's been on the team since, since 2012 was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. And we got four first round picks and four first round pick swaps and Victor Oladipo, um, in return, uh, there was some other more interesting moving parts to other teams. Uh, Jared Allen, went to the Cavaliers and made it very confusing for who's getting center minutes between him and Andre Drummond and what the plans are for the future there. Um, uh, Victor Oladipo, I've heard rumors of, uh, like not, this wasn't his end goal. Um, Houston, he still wants to get to Miami somehow. Um, that, that could just be rumor mill stuff, but, um, a lot of rumors sometimes, um, have some; they're they're rooted in some so some sort of truth. So we'll have to see what that looks like. But for right now, um, I am just going to talk about uh, James Harden. Uh, James Harden was arguably a top three rocket to ever put on the uniform, uh, behind Hakeem Olajuwon and Moses Malone. I think you could make an argument that he was uh, top three. He holds the franchise record for assists, for three pointers made for games of 40-plus, 50-plus, and 60-plus points. And he had the highest franchise-winning percentage of any player to ever play for the organization. Um, What happened last week, or or earlier this week, actually, um, for me and for a lot of fans out there, and honestly, probably for James Harden and for the Rockets organization, was like, if you were going through a messy breakup, right? But the events were being live-tweeted Followed very closely by uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, um, it was it, it was airing out all of the text message receipts, anything that had ever been a reason for conflict, and it just it made this situation like uncomfortable for a little while, kind of culminating in the press conferences after the big losses to the Lakers, and um, you heard, I mean, I'm sure you all heard what John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and james harden um said after those but if you didn't go back and listen to them because you can just you can tell that the team that they had different goals and when you have a team that doesn't see eye to eye on the end goal then you're not going to be successful because you can't even define success so it's like it Honestly, anything is better than what I watched on Tuesday. They were playing uninspired. They felt like they had to give the ball to James Harden when he was on the court. James Harden couldn't, he, he, like, there was no, there was no passion. There was no desire to win at all costs that is so necessary in a basketball game. So I'm, I'm glad that a trade was made sooner rather than later. Um, but Kind of back to a basketball point of view. Um, I do hope for the best for James Harden. Uh, if the Nets do win a championship, I'll be happy for him. Um, I think he he deserved a ring. He got us really close to a couple of them. It was just um, like taking the next step. It's really difficult to win a championship. And it's really difficult to even do what the Rockets have done uh, the last couple of years. And so um, I do think this trade jumpstarts a new identity for the Rockets. Um, whether that's in Victor Oladipo with his expiring contract and uh, kind of evaluating what the future is, whether that's um, John Wall or Christian Wood or some of these other guys. Jay Sean Tate, I've mentioned a couple times. I love the way that he's looking. Um, We have a lot of um, potential on this team, and so hopefully this new identity kind of skips the uh, full rebuild Kind of scenario for the rockets and you get to kind of avoid or fast forward uh this process to where we can kind of enter a new era whatever it may be at an accelerated pace so that's kind of my overarching thoughts did y'all have any thoughts
2: well i was gonna ask gabe uh you know just just reading some of the responses which obviously this happened yesterday so there's still like a lot of raw feelings you would imagine from houston fans I've seen everything from, you know, like, hey, this was a bad breakup, but, like, please be mindful of how much Harden did for this city and, like, everything he's done for us. And, like, I'll always have respect for Harden. And then I've seen, like, the other side of the spectrum where it's like, man, we don't owe Harden nothing. Like, he didn't bring us anything. Uh, like, screw that guy. If he wants to treat this city like crap, like, he can go F himself sort of, sort of situation. You know, you've seen, like, both of them on on that range of spectrum and i don't think anybody's right or anybody's wrong like everybody's gonna have mixed feelings or different feelings on a situation like this especially when it was a franchise player for a really long time for your city that you love um and your team that you love but but for you specifically like where do you land more on that spectrum
1: um so the Rockets have only ever won two championships in 94 and 95. And James Harden has gotten us about as close as you can get uh, besides that. And so um I guess I would say like, I would, I, I'm definitely more on the side of like, we had a good run going back to the analogy of the relationship. It's like, if you have a good relationship, let's say that relationship lasted eight seasons or eight years. And then there's a messy breakup, does that really like throw away all of the good that those eight years brought? You know, like if there's um, like good to be salvaged from it, is it worth throwing away in a couple of emotionally packed weeks, all of that? And so I don't think so. I'm like I said, I'm happy for both sides. Um, I think that healing and kind of new identity taking on can begin now. Um, but I definitely... I don't resent, I, 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 I'm I disappointed in the way the situation was handled, for sure. But I don't resent James Harden as a person or as a player. And uh, honestly, I'm thankful for getting to watch him all of these years. And I know maybe that comes from, like, my family is a huge Rockets fan. And so, like, getting to watch James Harden with my dad was just like, it was a blast. You know, like, those memories are, are he brought those memories because we could always take them deep into the playoffs, you know, and like without without him, like those memories don't exist, you know. So I'm thankful, even though the situation was uh didn't end um in the most uh cordial of ways. Nets
2: there? versus Nets versus Lakers in the finals. Who are you cheering for? Um it's it, difficult do it Gabe.
1: that's difficult
0: um I hope that's not the matchup that that sucks
1: I mean that's like the odds-on favorite in Vegas right now but I also don't know I I, like I said I don't know what the Nets actually are going to look like like who is their center they started Jeff Green yesterday and he like what is he the small ball center is who's like are they going to sign someone I've seen some rumors about uh a couple of Free agent centers that they could maybe sign, but I mean, if that's a, the matchup, I think I I think I cheer for. Um, I don't know. It's tough. LeBron, I like LeBron. Bro. Yeah, yeah. I like. To cheer that's for what I was gonna say. I like LeBron. I like Alex Caruso. Yeah, but like, I don't know. All right, well, it depends. It, it honestly depends, but it would be a like I I wouldn't have like a strong, like a a strong cheering for or fandom for either side. I don't nah. think if that was.
2: Right now, nah, bro. Kyrie, KD, and uh Harden. Like, we all have something that we want to cheer against. Like, I'm, I'm about <laughs> that. But we can finally unite, Mavs fans, Rockets fans, KD, Thunder but fans. But
1: KD's won a ring. Kyrie's want a ring. So, like, you can hate them all you want, but they're gonna end up in the Hall of Fame one day. Has KD really won a legitimate ring though? He hasn't. <laughs> yeah, what?
2: <laughs> That's a whole different conversation. Zach, did you have a question earlier? I'm sorry I cut you off.
0: Um. I, I can't remember exactly what I was going to ask, but I, what I was going to ask now, do y'all actually think the Nets will make
1: the finals?
2: Yes, I do.
1: Uh, yeah, I think... I don't know what that team is going to look like offensively. I think Steve Nash has his hands full. I think from a fantasy standpoint, all three guys can't get you double-digit assists in the same game. So, like, I think that they'll all see um, some drops in assist no num- in assist numbers and I I like I worry about their team defense just cuz like I said I don't think I think Jared Allen was a very good center and he brought a lot to them where DeAndre Jordan um in his 13th NBA season is lacking as of late but I think maybe DeAndre Jordan can plug the hole for now and we'll kind of see where it takes us but um yeah I do think they'll make the finals I just they're going to have to they're they're gonna have to beat the Bucks and some of the other uh, teams I, I in the East, to, obviously. I
0: was about to say, I guess I have the hot take because I really don't think it's gonna work out. I think they are gonna be one of the top three teams in the East, but I just don't see it happening with those three guys all playing together. I think it's gonna blow up.
2: I mean, I I think that I think Kyrie could retire tomorrow, and I would still have the Nets to make the finals. Like, you have James Harden. Uh, an inarguable top five player in the NBA and Kevin yeah. Durant, who's a top five player in the NBA. Like there, there's no question. You have two top five players and Kyrie, whatever he gives you is, is gravy on top of that. You don't think like in the buyout market that there's going to be free agent players s- sprinting to win a ring with these guys. Like it happens every single year. They're going to plug those holes, quote unquote holes that they have, uh, all the defense has to do is, like, be league average. And, right. I mean, they're making the finals. I, I, I have zero doubts in my mind that that's, that's going to work out.
1: I don't yeah, know. I'm, I, I'm definitely could, closer to Cam. I, I,
0: I could see Bucks, Celtics, Sixers all getting in over them, honestly. <clears throat> I just think they're better teams overall. Obviously, the Nets have better players, but I think it's a better team. Yeah,
1: I mean, we it's going to be hard to draw conclusions. We haven't even seen them play a game. Like, uh, it's been a long time since James Harden has had a player of Kevin Durant caliber. I would i would argue that Ke- James Harden isn't even the same player that he was when he had players of this caliber to play with. And so, and like all these guys, it's going to be a, a reinventing of themselves, you know. And so I think that we'll know more as we go along, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with Cam. I, there's no way that you could have a team like that. And them not be able to win a best of seven against the teams in the East.
0: So, if Kyrie comes back, do y'all see any issues with ball dominance? Because all three of them are ball dominant players.
2: I absolutely think there's going to be issues, and I absolutely don't think it matters.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's more like a coaching, and like Steve Nash might have some issues with that. But, like, I mean, I think at the end of the day, they all have the same goal or I think they have the same goal. And so like if it costs, like I said, I think the assist numbers for all three will dip. And that means that the ball's not going to be in all three of their hands as much because there's only one basketball. But I, I don't know, like if you're playing, if you're playing pickup basketball and you have like five of the best players, like the, it, you don't, you don't have to like five of the best on ball players, like you're, you don't have to, like all five of them don't have to touch the ball every time to have a good offense, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what
0: what is your like what are your thoughts on like Harden actually wanting out of Houston? Because like to me, I I get that y'all were kinda going through a transition, but in my opinion, like I don't think this team that y'all had with Harden this year was that bad. Like that no, bad no, no, of, it was man. one out. Like I I could I could get it if, like, y'all were complete trash and he was out there playing with, like, third stringers. But, like, y'all put together a pretty solid team. So I didn't get why he wasn't willing to at least give y'all a chance. That was the one problem I had with all of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that the straw that broke the camel's back was the fact that we, even with the team performing at an extremely high level, like, I don't think we could beat the Lakers. I don't even think the Nets can beat the Lakers, you know? So, like, with with the three of Kyrie and KD, like, the Lakers are so good. And so maybe moving to the East for James Harden, like, secures him a finals appearance now or an easier finals appearance because who would you rather play? LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers? Or, like, the 76ers, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons? You know, like, I think that you would rather play the 76ers in that situation to get to the finals.
2: And oh, there's so no doubt. there's no yeah, like, doubt no, that's who I mean, you'd rather play.
1: And so it's like know. like I think that this is the way that James Harden saw it, in my opinion, is that like even at the highest level, this Rockets team could make the conference finals, right? But then we'd have to beat the Lakers in a best of seven to advance to the NBA finals. And I think that, that was like as soon as he saw Like, obviously, we were unpolished, but, like, Christian Wood versus Anthony Davis, you know, like, as soon as he saw, like, some of those matchups that were going to be happening, like, I think that that was kind of when he was like, I have to, I, like, there's no way that this team, I I think that might not have been, like, the... uh like the culminating uh, moment, but I do think that it played a factor. It might've been like the straw that broke the camels back into the press conferences that we saw and stuff.
2: Yeah. It definitely so it, seemed like the decision was made prior to this season. Yeah, He you know? just
1: wants to get in the finals, man. I like, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I understand. I'd run I, to the East too, if I had to play LeBron. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was about to say, so you pretty much just think he, he's really wanting a ring and that's the main. Yeah. Thing. And
1: I think like this gets him one step closer, you know, I think the, uh, I, obviously, the team is going to have to perform well, but it gets one—it gets one step closer.
2: I will say one interesting thing about this, and I know we spent a lot of time on this, but this is a big trade. Um, the one interesting thing on this is, you know, fans historically have just pooped on players who cared about stats more than winning. And Harden, like, specifically being one of those players that a lot of fans have gotten on to about like, man, this guy only cares about his stats, like he's not he's not a real winner, blah blah blah. This move, like, it is about winning. Like you said, Dave. Yeah. You know, if he was all about the stats, stay in Houston like they do oh, yeah. anything they want for you like you get to run whatever <laughs> offense you want to run you get to go to Vegas in between your away games like and pl- <laughs> do whatever you want you know what I mean yeah. so like this was a move to win you know and I, right. it wasn't it wasn't pretty like he made it very ugly and I don't agree with how it was handled but I can't hate on a player oh I don't necessarily want to say that but I I, I see where he's coming from from a standpoint of, like, wanting to win. Um, yeah. And, and I kind of see where he is.
1: Yeah. And I, I – uh, this is a really poor comparison, but I brought up, like, uh, in Le'Veon Bell's case in football, how, like, there's – you have to show out as a rookie to be a good running back. Then you have to sign a big money contract so you can put up numbers and you can accrue, like, the the money that you want to. And then you have to secure yourself a championship in order to really have like the three pieces of legacy that are necessary for like a hall of fame type resume. And I think James Harden realizes that he's got the numbers and statistics now, and he just needs the, the crowd. That's like, Oh, you can't be, you can't be considered one of the greatest of all time. If you never won at the highest level, he needs that in order to, like enter the next, uh, kind of phase of conversation for that. So yeah, I do think it's all about winning at the end of the day. And I think that this, um, however snaky of a move, um, it may be have perceived by, um, by us, you know, or by the, by the media or by everyone outside. Like, I think that it does get him a little bit closer to that goal.
0: Well, uh, K- Cam and I did a good job at keeping this hardened rumor a secret because we actually saw him at the strip club last week in Vegas. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh,
2: no. no, no. I want to know that's false. We never went into a strip club. No. If my wife <laughs> listens to this, it didn't happen. Good no. luck, Zach. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, oh, man. I was looking at a, like old, just hardened, uh, like memories and things, and someone on. Uh, on the internet at one point like made a graph that correlated like the google review like star rating of the strip clubs in the city versus hardens like statistical performance and there was actually like a pretty linear correlation between like though like he had like historically performed really poorly in miami where a lot of the strip clubs like have higher star ratings and he had historically played really well in like toronto and other places where they're historically really bad so gabe i i i I did think that was pretty funny
2: (laughs) i definitely was the one who told you about that i'm pretty sure i sent it to you yeah yeah it was a while ago yeah i'm pretty sure that's yeah that's really (laughs) funny actually um well it's gonna be really interesting and all we can do now is kind of like watch the games and See how it's going to work out the rest of the season for those teams. Uh, yeah, I think uh,
1: James Harden is expected to play on Saturday for the Nets. If I saw that correctly.
2: Oh, that wow! Yeah. How how is he able to do I, that? I thought you had to sit out for seven days. Am I wrong on that?
1: I think that he just has to continue to test negative. Let me. I mean, I can look it up, but that's uh what I thought I saw. No, I might. Be I wrong. will
0: say, out of their big three, I dislike Harden the least.
1: So,
2: at least. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's probably tied with Kyrie for second least favorite.
1: Hey, should we trade uh should we trade Russ and Kyrie
2: Dude. to just reunite Okay, I saw I saw those rumors. I'm I'm big about it. Like if that's how <laughs> if that's how they win a championship, I would actually cheer for that team. I'm not even kidding. Oh.
0: He no, he and to. That would be perfect for Kyrie because then he's in D.C. and he can just be a diplomat. <laughs>
2: okay,
1: he's a congressman on the side. There you go.
2: There you go. It's a, it's a like perfect. A, it's a win-win trade.
1: Like, who's that Filipino boxer that is like actually a senator, a congressman in his home? Uh, I forget his name.
2: I have Anyways. no idea actually. <laughs> um, well, let's go ahead hey, and move on and the, talk. The,
0: the Rockets just won
1: wanted to give Gabe an update they did I I, I was just like like I watched maybe five minutes of the game before I uh, opt on here but like it was just nice it was a sigh of relief to see like a team that was centrally focused you know like they looked like they had one goal and even if the team talent wise isn't going to hold up against the other teams in the west like at least we've got a shot you know and like the other teams still have to show up to beat this team and so no, I, that's why i, I think like NFL's
0: that new team now like I, I even as a Mavs fan i think your team's pretty likable like yeah I, exactly. I think they'll have a good core and they'll be fun
1: to watch yeah and we'll get to see the reemergence of john wall christian wood's fun to watch boogie cousins is uh fun if he's not getting ejected
2: hey as long as you guys uh still get a top 10 draft pick and it conveys to the thunder i'll be happy <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on here to more of like our fantasy league um, news. We have talked a lot of NBA basketball, so now we're going to move more into like the fantasy part of things. Um, the Really, the big piece of news this week was a trade between Zach and I. Um, yes, we did make this trade uh, while we were on the bachelor trip. Uh, no, it wasn't a bachelor gift to Zach. Um, but The trade was uh, Russell Westbrook for Rudy Gobert, straight up. I received Russell Westbrook. Zach received Rudy Gobert. um, And shortly after the trade was made, a few days later, um, find out Russ is out from four to six weeks with his quad (laughs) injury. Uh, Zach claims to have no prior knowledge to that. I'm not sure if I believe him, but it is what it is. Um, There's the trade uh zach give us kind of like what you were thinking on your end and then gabe let's hear your thoughts on the trade
1: okay
0: well uh coming from my perspective i was sick and tired of russ sitting every back-to-back i guess i should have done that before the season started but um i mean he's still getting triple doubles he's not shooting a super efficient field goal percentage And with the amount of games he was missing, I just did not think it was helpful to my team because I've already got two players that are somewhat similar to him, like like you said, Luca. If we're talking stats wise, like Uh points, rebounds, assists,
2: Russ Jr.
0: Well, we're we're not talking winning. We're just talking the uh, the actual stats we're getting in this league. But um, as far as that goes, I've got him, and then I've got Lamelo Ball, who's looking like a. A mini Luca Russ right now because he's he's kind of a a mini triple double machine too. So,
2: and then Gabe, give us kind of what your thoughts on the trade were.
1: Yeah, so um, I do think that uh, Russ gives Cam a notable bump in assists, steals, and free throw percentage when he's out there, um, because even though Russ is a career seventy nine point eight free throw shooter. Uh, Rudy Gobert is a career 62.8 free throw shooter. Um, And then I think Camp's team goes from a below average assist team to a pretty good assist team in this trade, assuming that, like I said, I haven't actually seen any confirmation that Russell Westbrook will be out longer than, um, like, within the week. And so maybe it'll come out later, but I I still, like, I'm counting on him at least playing like sometime in January, but left quad injury for him. So we'll have to see how that value um, goes for for, uh, Zach. Uh, Rudy Gobert gives him a notable bump in blocks, field goal percentage and rebounds. Um, Even though Russ is an excellent rebounding guard, uh, Rudy Gobert is averaging 13.7 rebounds per game and Russ was, uh, uh, he was grabbing 9.7 rebounds per game, and then uh, another note that I have here is that Zach's team is now arguably the best rebounding team in the league, uh, I think is a toss-up between him and Ramsey, but at what cost, you know, he has to be able to win more than just um, big man stats, I believe, to make uh, that leap into the next level of uh, fantasy prowess, and he's already gotten off on kind of a a slow foot, and so we'll have to see how that goes. But I do think that he will be winning rebounds for uh, quite some time.
0: Yeah, I I was looking at the top players, and I saw both Drummond and Gobert are top two in rebounds. So I'm, yeah, I'm pretty pretty tough to beat me in those. But uh one thing you said, uh, I forget what you said about Russell and him. The main thing for me was, I mean, I think Russell overall is the better player, especially fantasy wise. But with the amount of games played, I think it actually is a huge advantage to me, Um, not even with just Russell being out with this injury now, but in general, because, um, like I said, he was sitting every single back to back. And I don't even think Gobert's sitting any games out right now. I could be wrong about that, but I'm I'm pretty sure Gobert has no no restrictions and plays pretty much every single game.
2: Yeah? Yeah, no. That's fair. I'll say for me at the time I made the draft or made the trade, um uh I, I really was trying to more more so consolidate um and get better in certain stats as opposed to just being good at or like average at all the stats and so i was trying to make a decision more on hey let's get better at assists gabe like you said let's get better at steals um let's consolidate a few of these things i honestly felt like i would like rudy's been playing really good i don't think that that's necessarily going to go away but i just don't know if he can maintain this level of like rebounding and honestly like offensive output that he's been putting out Um, Yeah, I kind of felt like I was trading high a little bit on Rudy Uh, felt like I was getting a better player in Russ. Obviously, like the injury is super killer. The other note on Russ is prior to this season and half of last season, he had never sat back to backs. Um, And so, like, I hadn't read this anywhere, but just part of me in my mind, I was thinking, I wonder if this is a situation where like Russ really gets tired of losing early on in the season and is like I'm done sitting back to backs you know um uh, like I if that had happened I knew I like clearly would have won the trade um we'll we'll have to wait and see if that ever does happen but so far not so good with this yeah um, and I
1: also I also don't think it's fair to um like assess both teams right now because right I mean Jason Tatum is being quarantined right now Russ is still out. Gordon Hayward just had his uh, left hip strain yesterday against the Mavs, so we don't know how long he'll be out. Uh, Darius Garland hasn't played for a little while. And so brutal. I think that uh, Cam's team is dealing with some injuries that uh, I think, like, in hindsight, or maybe maybe honestly um, – like you were you could just uh, like throw out this week and then once everyone gets healthy you can reevaluate right but um uh, yeah we'll just have to see how long that looks and that is happening simultaneously with Luca or uh, Chris Stapps coming back and um like Drummond uh or Drummond I, was he out? I, it says probable. So I'm yeah, like, Drummond yeah.
0: decided to sit the back-to-back because he had like a bruise on his Achilles.
1: So. Okay, so I was I did see that. So Chris yeah. Jeff and, and Andre Drummond both came back. So I think like obviously Zach's team looks stronger at the end of this week, but we're going to have to weigh it out over the course of the season before we can really make a definitive decision. Well,
0: I, I, would agree. I can tell you. I'm not going to be winning games unless my team actually starts playing, because Drummond (laughs) said out that John Wall was out tonight with like a a knee soreness or something, and then I had the Mavs game get canceled Monday, so I lost three or four players' worth of stats there, which I know (laughs) other people are getting that too, but... It's just like, dude, can I please field a full team for one week? Like, can I please <laughs> yeah. see what my actual stats would be? Yeah, and, yeah. and
2: I just think that that's, that's the situation we're in right now. Uh, just right. Like, COVID's running rampant in the NBA. Um, honestly, when they had that meeting the other day, Zach, I know me and you were texting about it, but we we thought it was going to put the – uh, put the league on pause you know and i i still think that's a possibility i think they're kind of trial running these new protocols for the next couple weeks um and we could see a situation where it's like hey it does not make sense to just keep uh canceling all these games um at some point they're gonna have to be made up they're gonna have to make some decisions um but that, so, that's just everybody what, right now
0: what you is know? the minimum uh roster number you have to have to play right now is it nine it's eight eight i believe yeah it's eight eight? players okay yes yeah so like i think that's a good rule to have right now but my thing was in a year like this like did they not have any thoughts on like maybe i know it's kind of dumb but like bringing up g-league players or something in scenarios like this where you at least have a few extra bodies to get in the well
2: game. just this week was the g-league draft like so the g-league hasn't even been a thing thus far no, in the well, season that's probably why um yeah so this week was like the g-league draft and then of course there's that g-league ignite team that has all the studs on it um i have seen some things zach kind of what you're talking about where they extend the rosters to like 20 players the argument against that is putting more players at risk um and then it the way contact tracing works it makes it tougher like more of those players could be missing so i i don't know the league's in kind of a tough spot right now with what they're gonna do more than likely they're gonna do what the nfl did and just Trudge on ahead, you know, and we're going to we only scheduled out half the season because of this so that we can make it up on the back end. And it may be a situation where we don't get to 72 games uh, per team. It could be closer to like 65 games per team. Um, but I think they're going to just keep pushing through, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, my, my thought was like, let's say you have your normal roster limit on the NBA team. And then those G League guys, they're not with the actual team, but like if they need to be called up, they come up. So you can't really get contact tracing in that scenario. But the problem would be they have no idea what they're doing out there, and they're just a body running around. So
2: Well, and they'd have to test negative three times before they could join the team. So that could take up to a week.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So True. A, a lot I of I mean, stuff. The,
1: Mavs, uh, the Mavs started west of Wundu for uh, a game, and... They yeah. still won, so I was can't about to say, you can't feel the team. If you're not <laughs> missing all your starters, you can probably throw <laughs> a few scrubs out there and be okay. Yeah, bro, so that's what
2: one for nine. That's <laughs> still one. Um, okay, we're going to move on to league matchups. Recap from this last week. Um, Gabe, I know you traditionally have done more of like the. Wait, there's
1: game. another trade. Did y'all. Uh, oh, what was the other trade? Brandy I'm brandy sorry. Brandy. Brandy. Ramsey um, and Bobby had a trade. Vucevic for Goliath. Uh, oh, that's right. That's for right. TH.
2: Yeah. What were y'all's? Uh, Gabe, give us your thoughts on this trade.
1: Okay. Zach, did you have some first before I think you're about to get into them? Uh, no, you can go ahead. Okay. Um, I was just going to say um, both of these guys are playing really well uh, from a fantasy perspective and from a real life perspective, honestly, uh, right now. I think the biggest bump for Ramsey is in rebound with uh, Vooch averaging 11.1 a game and uh, Tobias Harris averaging 7.9. And this uh, also helps emphasize the point that I made earlier that Ramsey and Zach now have two of the best rebounding teams in the league. Um, They also have two of the worst free throw shooting teams in the league now because uh, traditionally big men have a harder time uh, making the free throws. And so, um, you win win one and a lose one, so you're going to have to make up for that in other categories. Uh, Bobby receives Tobias Harris. Uh, he gets a small boost in threes and free throw percentage. Um, and it gives him one of the best free throw percentage teams in the league. But I do believe Tobias Harris uh, is going to have to keep up his great play thus far um, and even exceed it a little bit. I think that um, Tobias Harris might have been overperforming a bit to this point. But we'll, we'll have to see. I think that the Sixers are uh, surprising a lot of people. And so I think that even though like Vucevic um, is, to me, a little bit more valuable of a player than Tobias Harris, they're not that far away from each other. And Tobias Harris could just as easily continue to play at the level that he's playing or even exceed it um, to garner enough value for this trade to be worth it.
2: I mean, it just, like, I, I think we've said it a couple times on this pod, players just play so much better when they play in the position they're supposed to be in. Oh, yeah. You know, like, Tobias looked washed last year, man, and then all of a sudden you play him in a position he's actually supposed to be playing, and he looks yeah. great, you know? Like, right. it, just a competency of a franchise can go a long way for a player. Um, I, I'm with you, Gabe. I Honestly, like both of these players are playing really, really great basketball right now. Um, I, I really don't know what could like prevent them from continuing to play well. Um, Tobias actually probably has a little bit higher of a ceiling because Joel Embiid is playing at almost like an at a rate where you can't sustain the statistics that he's putting up. You know, oh, yeah. and so it almost lends itself to Tobias. Like, there's more there for Tobias to get to um, that Joel Embiid's kind of hoarding right now, from like a rebound and points and uh, everything standpoint. So, yep. Um, but both of these players are playing really, really well. Is that yeah. What were your thoughts? I,
0: I thought it was a pretty even swap overall. I I didn't think necessarily either of them won too much, um, but kind of like Gabe said. I see maybe a little bit more production out of Vucevic overall. Maybe a little bit better player. But with the way Harris has been playing, you could argue either way. So, oh.
2: Agreed. Um, let's go ahead here. We're going to move on to our fantasy uh, league matchups recaps. Um, we're going to go from last week. So I know we're sitting here at Thursday, but we're going to talk about last week's games, uh, which – feels like it's been a little bit now um so this was technically matchup three um we're gonna go straight down the list gabe i know you uh typically do a lot of our analysis for this stuff um which is great we're going to continue to lean on that if we can do it a little bit quicker i just think from the last couple pods um it's gone a little heavy and i'll try to limit myself on comments as well yeah um,
1: it's I mean it's a little lighter this week just because one we're already deep into the week and right. two um, honestly it was a lot about the hardened trade
2: yeah no and which is great and and honestly that's the way it should be is like early on in the season you want to do a lot of analysis because like you have no idea how players are going to come out and play it's a new season players are in different situations different teams. Like, you want to have that hard-hitting analysis. But then as you're getting into more of, like, week three, week four, this is when players really should be starting to settle into their roles. Um, of course, trades happen. Of course, injuries happen. And that always lends itself to new situations. But for the most part, like, most of these players are going to be in a, in a situation that they've been in for a few weeks now. And you can kind of get some consistency in play. Um, and to me, I think that's when fantasy basketball gets to be a lot of fun. Um, because it's those outlier players where you really make a difference, you know, so, um, let's go on to the first matchup here, Gabe, we're going to just start with, we'll start with me and Camden. So I ended up beating Camden six to two, uh, the, um, hello the categories that i <laughs> won, i couldn't remember the, word. Uh, the categories that i won were three pointers made rebounds assists steals blocks and points and then the two categories that came to one were both the percentage categories in field goal percentage and free throw percentage um gabe what was your kind of analysis on this one
1: yeah um this was the first and second overall on the week in three-pointers made, and I put that you were actually uh, the top three-point uh, scorer on the week. Um, this was largely due to fact that three of your best three-point shooters. They all logged four-game weeks, and so it's, it's really good when your best players can get those four-game weeks, get a couple back-to-backs in, because um, I think that outside of a few five-game weeks, um, like four games is kind of a good... Like You'll get a lot of the volume counting stats uh, from some of those players, like Jason Tatum, like D'Angelo Russell, like Terry Rozier. Uh, all three of those guys totaled 37 threes between them on the week. Um, for Camden, um, didn't have a whole lot. Uh, the return of Carl Anthony Towns is nice. He's really good. but um, He's yeah, a very his team, good
2: player. <laughs>
1: yeah, and not just like, I mean, he's a good NBA player, but just like fantasy-wise, there's not a single thing that like he costs you in. He hits threes. He's a good free throw shooter. He doesn't take silly shots. So he's a good field goal percentage guy. He gets defensive stats. Like, there's not a place where he hurts you. He's just like an all encompassing fantasy player. So, like, I don't know. It could only boost Camden's team. But um, yeah, Camden's team is uh, kind of down at the moment where he's going to probably have to make some moves if he wants to uh, remain competitive at the moment.
2: And Zach, what were your what were your highlights here? Um
0: yeah, for this one I just put that scam and scamden were scavenging for categories. Oh, let's go.
2: Oh man. Who invited this guy?
1: <laughs> oh my Yo, my trade? I, I used the trade between uh Ramsey and Bobby, a.k.a. the Architect, in my uh, notes, but Cam, Cam skipped over it, so I didn't get to put that in. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, dude. Uh...
0: No, the, the only notes I really had from this one um, were that Camden kind of had a rough week because he lost his three-pointer battle by two, he lost yeah, rebounds little... by four, and then he lost points by eight so he was very close in a lot of categories and he just barely lost pretty much all the ones that he was close in. so
2: yeah i actually had a pretty substantial lead going into the last night but he had uh i think three more players playing than me so i was just having to like sweat it out the last the last few minutes of the last game as he was getting closer to all my stats
0: <laughs> and I can I can tell you Camden is in fantasy hell right now because every day he's texting saying how much
1: he hates fantasy basketball.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's in the blender, but he That's won a the sign. championship
1: in fantasy football, so yeah, we don't have uh, to. he that. deserves to, he deserves to be in the blender for a With little bit.
0: The, the luckiest team of all time, so he.
1: This is kind
0: of fun,
2: <laughs> Unbelievable. The next matchup we have here was uh, Bowie versus Zach. Uh, So Bowie ends up taking this matchup six to two. The six categories that Bowie won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, assists, steals, blocks, and points. Uh, Zach, the two categories that you won were three-pointers made and rebounds. Gabe, what was the analysis?
1: Yeah, so... um for Bowie, I uh, put that he had some decent production across the board, but the absence of Kyrie Irving is really holding his team back um, from t- kind of taking that next step. I know that he won here 6-2, so it was actually good in the short term, but in the long term, I think, for his team to really uh, compete for the championship that he wants to compete for. He's going to need Kyrie Irving to kind of return to that top 15, top 20 fantasy player uh, that he can be. Uh, for Zach, um, we mentioned the free throw percentage. Uh, when you're good at rebounds, a lot of times free throw percentage is going to hurt. So he was 10th overall on the week there. Uh, but the Mavs trio of Kristaps of, uh, Porzingis, Luca, and Tim Hardaway, they look really good so far. And I also put that Zach's team is probably the most heavily impacted by the Harden trade because John Wall's usage likely increases and Andre Drummond now has another center in Cleveland, which is going to inevitably affect the rotation and Drummond's minutes. And I, I really don't really know what's going to happen in uh, Cleveland at center. Um, Jared Allen and Andre Drummond are both um,
2: big like men that can <laughs> Yeah,
1: like they're both good options for them. I was, I like was, I was trying to find the words because like they're they're different. Jared Allen's twenty two, you know, and Drummond is. Uh, getting a little older and like I don't I don't think that Jared Allen is better than Andre Drummond but I do think that there could be if they're both still in Cleveland it could be what like a 28-20 minute split or a 26-22 minute split well, like it's just going to hurt their fantasy values like they're just going to hurt each other's fantasy yeah. values or Drummond can get traded like I just I like I don't see them both being on the court at the same time so no. I see what that looks
2: There like. there's no way they can share the court on the same yeah. at the same time nah, like, neither of the five
1: five big man lineup
2: <laughs> well did you see larry nance uh larry nance jr he tweeted uh he was like it's sex land surrounded by trees did you see that literally yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was like bro for the brand let's go the brand, I respect it. yeah it was awesome uh especially yeah. for a guy who probably that impacts his minutes the most he's probably not even gonna it play does. now but whatever yeah good for him i
1: mean yeah I'm with
2: you. Embrace it. Yeah. Zach, what were your thoughts on uh, your matchup here, bud?
1: Yeah.
0: I, I honestly, it hates, I hate to say it, but uh, Bowie could have beat me a good amount worse had Kyrie actually played. Um, but I also did have Russ sit a back-to-back. And um, I made a note, I lost an assist to Bowie by 9, 6, and 8. And I can't remember if this was the no, I think it was against Gary that Luca had sat against the Bulls. So no, it it, it was mainly Russ sitting out and Kyrie sitting out that affected our stats somewhat. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I pretty much just straight up lost, and I, I I thought at least at least I could pull two out of it. I hadn't done that up to this point, so I've. I did make a note, though, that um, I went through and looked, and I have had 14 players um, miss games. So, like, this is just, like, not if your guy was hurt and you could put them as out. This is, like, if your guy is day-to-day, they had COVID, they're sitting out. I've had 14 of those in, what, the three weeks that we've had this playing? So
2: you've had 14 total games that that happened? Yes, fourteen okay, gotcha. total games gotcha. where
0: a player completely got me a zero, and I could not put them on IR. You know, so I'd, like I'd be interested you're getting,
2: where you're at compared to like the rest of the league. Uh, I, know so it, I, I know, I know, it feels like.
0: I I did look at it, and um, so I am in second according to what I saw. Ryan was in first. Wow. Um, I don't know his exact number, but I know he had like over twenty.
2: Oh my and, gosh.
0: And yeah, I was, whenever I looked at that, I was like, I don't even know how this guy's competing, but he, he had a lot of dudes sitting out and, uh, but I am in second in that. And I think Gary had like 13, which is pretty impressive because he's still in the top, I would say three of our league right now. And then, uh, there were the majority of people only had about seven or eight. So I'm running at about double of what most people have.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Wow. Um, moving on to our next matchup here. We have uh, Big R versus Garrett. Uh, Garrett ends up taking this matchup 6-2. to two. Wow, seems to be what most people are winning by. Um, the categories that Garrett won were free throw percentage, 3-pointers made, rebounds, assists, steals, and points. Uh, the two categories that Big R won were field goal percentage, and he won blocks by 1. Uh, Gabe, what are, what are the thoughts?
1: Yeah, so um, I thought that uh, the most interesting part of these matchup was um, that there wasn't really a strong blocks present on either team. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was tied for the most blocks on Garrett's team last week with two, and so <laughs> um, yeah, I think that blocks are one of those streamable uh, like categories, and so I do think that maybe like going into the last night, if he really wanted to win that category, there was probably a center who was getting backup minutes who could have maybe gotten one or two blocks. Cause um, I thought that was interesting, but uh, even, even more so uh, on the topic of Dennis Schroeder, uh, Dennis Schroeder started out pretty hot, but his three point and assist roles have kind of dwindled as the Lakers team figures itself out. And honestly, every Lakers game that I've watched has felt like, um, not even challenging for the team and granted two of them were against the rockets but like it it feels like they everyone on that team is locked in everyone on that team like is filling the role that they're asked to fill and uh, like it's it's looking pretty effortless for them at the moment even through uh different COVID protocols for uh different people so i do think that the lakers are going to be very difficult to take down as the defending champions but it uh like when everybody is eating you know like the your your fantasy stats are going to take a hit so i think that that's an interesting note for garrett's team uh for big r um not much to say other than uh you mentioned that like players just play really well when they're in the right um position and I think that Tyrese Halliburton being like that secondary ball handler, rather than being drafted to be a primary ball handler, him settling in next to De'Aaron Fox is really, really helping accelerate the development of him as a like talented NBA player. Because what was he drafted like twelfth in the NBA draft? Yeah, I think and he was. Playing a lot of the players drafted ahead of him, and so um, I mean, if- I think that he's he's on like the rookie of the of the year campaign he's one of a f- only a few rookies that are uh holding down a starting position so
2: yeah and and this goes back to that uh ringer university podcast I mm-hmm. new, they, they just couldn't rave about tyrese halliburton enough and just like really how good. smart he is and yeah. how it, it it almost feels like he always makes the right play like he never finds himself in a situation where he uh, takes a bad shot or uh, makes a bad pass like he is Always, always making the right play, which is Bruh. perfect for a an off ball guard. Uh no, exactly with a point guard who's blazing fast, who's gonna get you easy transition buckets, put defense put pressure on defenses, like it's gonna just put him in a position to make those plays, and then so far he's done it and done it really really well.
0: Where did he go to college? Iowa
1: State. Did. Iowa State.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: But, um, yeah, I mean, in, especially in a season where Anthony Edwards is struggling uh, shooting the ball and James Wiseman has struggled on defense and uh, in other scenari- in like other situations, yeah, it's definitely highlighting um, Halliburton. And I don't know, like, how much that's actually going to affect Big R's fantasy team, but I don't know. It's a keeper league. I think that Halliburton only gets better, so we'll have to
2: see. I mean, he's putting up pretty good stats, so.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, but I don't think it's, like, <laughs> going to take his team, team to game. championship cal- yeah. caliber, you know? <laughs> no, I gotcha. Uh,
2: Zach, did you have any thoughts on this matchup?
0: Um, the only thing I put, um, as we've said over the past few weeks, Gary has a few top players in certain categories, so that's always going to help him. He's got both Jokic and McCollum with his three-point shooting, which I don't really think of McCollum as a three-point shooter, but he's been great this year. And then um, as far as Big R goes, He's pretty much going to always win the big man stats. Maybe not rebounding. But like I've said every week, he's going to dominate field goal percentage. And then he's pretty good at blocks as well. So those were the two he won was field goal percentage and blocks.
2: Wait, why don't you think of CJ McCollum as a good three-point shooter?
0: Watching CJ McCollum over the past few years, I just think of him as like literally one of the best mid-range shooters. But... To be honest, like it, he didn't seem like a three-point specialist to me ever. Like I, I know he can shoot the ball, but he always seemed like one of those guys that was just gonna pull up mid-range.
2: Gotcha. Maybe that's just I'm gonna try my. To... Yeah, I'm gonna try to maybe find a couple just... stats on that because I, I. I was feel about like that's to say maybe true.
0: that's just me, but I. That's what I've seen just from the eye test and watching
1: him. I I know
0: what what I've
1: seen this season is CJ McCollum kind of taking a little bit more of an alpha role, even with Dame on the court. And so, like, I think that uh, in certain areas, CJ McCollum has even been outplaying Damian Lillard. I think Damian Lillard is the better player, but CJ McCollum has been playing at a really, really high level. And I think that – he, uh, like, in press conferences and different, like, uh, interviews that I've seen on Twitter, he looks motivated. He looks like he's come out um, to prove that him and Damian Lillard are not just, like, this, like, laughable duo that's not going to present any sort of challenge in the West. You know, like, I think that Portland is one of those teams that believes in in itself. And so, um, and, and honestly, those two guys are always, like, they're such good shooters. They can catch fire and just blow up for sixty, and like they're honestly really clutch as well. So I think that that team could be fun, but I don't know. Um, on the topic of three point yeah, shooting, I, I just I, found
2: oh, it. Yeah. Um. So Zach, you're right. So he is. So he's taking 11 and a half threes this year and making, uh, on average, five a game. Uh, which almost doubles his previous career high. He's shooting 43.7% from three. Um, And so he's typically been around like 37.5% and making about two and a half per game. So he's almost doubled his threes per game that he's making and then shooting a better percentage. So uh, he's definitely taking a step up.
0: Yeah, no, I was looking at it too because in the three-pointers made last year, he's like not even in, I want to say, the top 30 or 40. And uh, I I don't know, just from watching the way he has played over the past like four or five years, because I I would tune into some Trailblazers games and then like obviously when they're playing the Mavs, I'll watch the whole game. But um, he he just seems like one of those like mid-range guys that is dominant in there. But when they start shooting threes, it's like their percentage goes down tremendously or they just don't take enough. So
2: gotcha. Let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup here. Uh we have Ryan versus Gabe. Uh Let me make sure I'm on the right one. Gabe wins this matchup uh 7 to 1. He won all of the categories except for assists. Um and then obviously Ryan only won assists. So uh Gabe, what were your I mean, got to be happy with your team. I think second week in a row here uh, of your team okay. playing pretty well. Maybe third week yeah. in a row. Uh how are you how are you feeling about it?
1: Yeah, so we were actually first and second overall on the week in assists. So if I had played anyone else, I would have won assists too. But um I thought my I, I kept up my strong Steals category, still first overall on the week and have been every week um for points. I was actually first overall in the week, and that was largely because Kawhi decided that he's not taking back to backs off. And according to Om Young Misook on January 6th, who's an ESPN reporter that covers the the Clippers, um, said that Ty Lue um, on Kawhi Leonard told him that uh, between him and medical staff before the season that he feels good and wants to play in more back-to-backs this season. So um, that's good because I drafted Kawhi even with the knowledge of him probably not playing in those back-to-backs. So that's just an extra game. Uh, a week that he's going to get on my team so that's kind of nice and then jeremy grant um playing well in a detroit situation that is um, i don't know interesting to say the least i don't know what they're uh, really doing up there in detroit but jeremy grant's playing well
2: <laughs> he's playing so well man
1: yeah yeah he is and then uh, especially for fantasy he fills up the box score every time and he takes a ton of shots so uh, I'm down for that. Yeah, he's averaging um,
2: almost 25 a game. That's just crazy, bro.
1: It steps up. It's just like they're not – I don't know. They, they like, made a decision yesterday to play somebody over, like, Sadiq Dumbaya, and I was like, um, okay. But anyways, this is not about the coaching. This is about the fantasy. So <laughs> Ryan had a decent week um, compared to the rest of the league, um, except for in field goal percentage. This is a lot because of uh, another Detroit, a fellow Detroit player, Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson went two for 16 from the field last week and was relegated to a bench role where he played a little bit better. But um, unfortunately for Ryan, those points didn't accrue until this week. Um, Devontae Graham continues to struggle. He was 14 for 47 last week. And and, uh, I will mention that James Harden, was uh, pretty down this week. Uh, he, he was only averaging seventeen point eight points per game last week. He's shooting for under forty percent from the field. Um, like I said, he was playing uninspired basketball, and uh, it was showing up in the box score and in the fantasy production. So hopefully, this is a a new leaf for uh, James. Gives me a Harden if that's still his name. But um, yeah, I think that Harden could still be like that top three, top five, top 10 fantasy player that um, that Ryan expected when he drafted him. It's just, I, it's going to be interesting to see where everyone, because are all, all, all three of those guys, is Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, are they all going to be top 15 fantasy players? Because, like, is that even possible, you know? So uh, we'll have to see just how many fantasy-relevant or fantasy beneficial players come out of the brooklyn uh team but uh we'll get to see our first look on saturday minus um minus kyrie and assuming that james harden continues to test negative
2: so it's funny i think earlier you had said zach might have been the biggest impacted by this by this james harden trade um i'm gonna have to argue with you that it's definitely ryan He had four players on his team that were involved in that trade. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, he has James Harden, Karis Levert, Jared Allen, and Victor Oladipo. Okay. He has four of those players. Um, His team, I mean, all of those are very significant players for him. Uh, So, it will be interesting to see. Like, it's hard to look at this last week and say, well, that's what his team's going to be like going forward uh, because – Four of his major impact players uh, are now in totally different situations than they were two days ago. So yeah,
1: I I agree. I think that um, maybe why I said that is because the minutes were confusing to me with Andre Drummond and even like John Wall. I think his minutes and usage will go up. I think Victor Oladipo just slides in and gets the uh, the Harden minutes, and then Lavert just kind of slides in and gets the Oladipo minutes. And so, like I think that yeah. it can be interesting to see. Like I don't, I honestly don't think Oladipo and Levert, unless the Oladipo situation changes, um, it's going to be that different than the fantasy production they were already giving you. So
2: yeah, yeah, you absolutely might be right. You know, <laughs> to have all these players involved in a trade, there uh, <laughs> three of them might be in the exact same situation. You know, so.
1: yeah, like, it's like some seamless yeah. transition yeah, units wise, right. like very different players, but like kind of role wise, I think that you just kind of slide in and. Now you're passing the ball to Karris Levert instead of Oladipo from Brogdon or from Sabonis or whoever's giving him the ball. So
2: Yeah, no, could be. Uh, Zach, did you have any thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say
0: Gabe probably played the best out of anyone this week. So it's going to be very hard for Ryan to beat him. And then my other note was um, Ryan might want to change his team name because I doubt James gives him a hardened anymore. Well, he put
2: something in the chat like, James gives me a hardened forever. So I don't know if that was a shout out to <laughs> like his name or what. Um, Sounds like you might need to get that checked. Yeah. Go to the hospital. Lasting longer than four hours. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our second to last matchup here. We had uh, Daniel versus Nick. Uh, Nick ends up taking this matchup 6-2. He wins the categories of field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three-pointers made, rebounds, assists, and points. The two categories that Daniel won were steals and blocks. Uh, He actually only won steals by one and barely squeaked out blocks as well. Um, Gabe, what were the thoughts here?
1: Yeah, um, not a ton here besides... uh Zach Levine is playing at a very, very high level for the Bulls, and um, this was... He did all of this even with Colin Sexton uh, missing a couple of those games, so I think the Knicks team is uh, set up pretty well. Um, at least this week, he uh, performed pretty well. Uh, for Daniel's team, um, I don't know. I feel like I say similar things about Daniel's team every week. Um, I think that... Like Jimmy Butler sitting out uh, every now and then is something that like we didn't really know what to expect, but it's making Tyler Harrow a better player um fantasy wise, and so that's helping out Garrett's team. and Kemba Walker uh, was a full go at practice today, so uh, we'll have to see what that looks like for fantasy value, but i'm just I'm not sold on Daniel's um, team's really ability to bounce back. There's just there's not a whole lot of Like, I don't think that Jimmy Butler playing and Kemba Walker coming back are going to be enough to kind of uh, bounce him into that tier. So we'll have to see if he wants to make moves to be competitive. But, yeah, yeah, I think Barnacle Boys took care of business, and uh, Daniel uh, loves to play Lou Williams for nine minutes and two points.
2: I will say it was encouraging to see. Daniel did make five of his seven transactions he's allowed to make uh, on the week let's go um,
1: anything uh royce o'neill who's been playing pretty well for utah
2: so i i will say you know there's obviously like an effort there we had talked about the previous week he was on oh. his honeymoon um so it, it's not like it's a situation where he's just like giving up on the whole season blah 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 you know like he's still out there yeah. making moves
1: he Talk. he enjoys watching basketball and like he's honestly probably better at actual basketball than i am and so like it's just funny because it's like it's such a different perspective from him to me like i'm a lot more like fantasy and and like news and uh like stats oriented and he's more just like i like these guys these guys can ball and so he'll pick them up and like that's totally how
2: daniel does lives life man (laughs) that's funny
1: if he doesn't know their name like then no chance they're making the roster
2: Uh, so Zach, anyway. Zach, did you have any thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah, I was gonna
0: say I was proud of Daniel for finally dropping Luke Kennard It only hey. took three weeks. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and um, I was gonna note um, Nick's team played really well, especially for not having Sexton any of the week. Oh. So Sexton's been playing really well, and I, I'm that kind of sucks for Cleveland, him and Garland being out now, but. Um, Yeah, I thought it was impressive how good Nick's team played, even with him being out. And then I also noted that Nick has, so let's see, Shea is the number eight for his position rank. Jalen Brown is the number four. And then Zach Levine is number one. So he's got three top 10 in their position ranks, and they're all balling out right now. So,
1: Yeah. yeah. And anyone who thinks I'm being like excessively mean to Daniel, he is my little brother. <laughs> that was unclear. So I have like a, a little bit of more of a free pass, I
2: believe. Oh man. And plus everybody's just mean to everybody in this league, so it's probably not any <laughs> <even> different, gonna <laughs> be honest. Yeah, for really. you Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Um let's move on to our last matchup here. Uh we had Bobby uh, versus Ramsey. Bobby ends up taking this matchup 5-3. to three. The five categories that Bobby won was free throw percentage, three-pointers made, assists, steals, and blocks. Um, the three categories that Ramsey won were field goal percentage, rebounds, and points. Uh, it looked like it was a pretty close matchup. Uh, quite a few categories that were uh, within 5 or 10 points, or 10, whatever it is. Uh, Gabe, what's the analysis here?
1: Yeah, Um Zach, do you actually want to give your analysis real quick? Because I accidentally closed out my tab, so I'm going to reopen it. Uh Yeah, I was
0: just going to put um the architect had a pretty good week. Um The architect. He, I'm mad he hasn't has, changed his he, name he, yeah. yet. No, it's sticking.
2: I'm mad he hasn't changed his name yet.
0: Yeah, it's it's sticking. He may not have listened to the last pod, but he, he needs to change that. <laughs> But I was going to put, he has a pretty uh, sneaky team. Like, when you just look at his team, they're all around pretty nice. Like, he's got Trey Young, both Bridges, which I think Michael Bridges was the one that had the, uh, he had like a 30-point game the other day, which you don't really think of that coming from him. And then he's got Embiid. Um, I think Embiid had, didn't he sit out like one or two games due to COVID, but he's still been playing really well. Right now yeah. he's the number two center um, out of all of uh, fantasy, and then he's got Miles Turner, who's the number three center. And Miles Turner is just a blocking machine. Like I don't know how you're gonna beat Bobby in blocks.
1: So, yeah, I keep thinking that his blocks are going to uh, like stabilize back to a more realistic level, and there has been no regression yet. He just keeps continues to block shots and. Unreal rate, so... Um, yeah, he's he's very consistent. And then I'll
0: also throw in there to Bowie that uh, Trey Young's numbers are not looking nearly as good as Luca's over the past five. Just want to throw that in there.
2: Oh, man. I I will just... We owe this guy respect, Zach. His name is not Michael Bridges. It's Mikael Bridges.
0: Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I knew when I said okay. it. It wasn't right, but I don't know how to pronounce
2: that. Okay, so. gotcha. Yeah, Mikael you're
1: going to the buoy coming coming at you like he did when I pronounced Larry Markkinen instead of Lowry. Lowry. I I don't really know how to say it. So I did hey, I it. did
2: hear it's it's pronounced like Kyle Lowry's last name. So it's Lowry Markkinen. Oh, okay. That is officially what I have heard. So it's okay. I'm
0: just I'm yeah. just happy I got my shit talking about Kyrie right for buoy. So <laughs> that's
2: funny. Gabe, did you have uh, any more here? Did you get it back yes, up? I
1: did, I did. So for uh, Ramsey's team, um, he's, he's got a pretty good team for uh, rebounding, for steals blocks, and for field goal percentage. And so uh, seeing his team kind of uh, come to fruition in those categories, I think that's how he built it. And uh, the addition of Vucevic uh, influences that. Uh, Christian Wood is going to be interesting in the new era of the Rockets team and um Mitchell Robinson's foul trouble has just has disappeared he's playing 31 minutes a night and it's like he never had foul trouble before so that's encouraging I remember I was kind of low on that pick uh when uh when Ramsey drafted him and I had been proven wrong but honestly happily I think that Mitchell Robinson is a good player so uh I do think that Tom Thibodeau Tom Thibodeau uh, sometimes um, runs his players into the ground for no reason, uh, like yesterday when the Knicks were playing the Nets, and Julius Randle. All the Nets, all the Nets starters have been pulled, and Julius Randle is still out there so they can make it a respectable nine-point <laughs> loss. Julius Randle has like forty points or forty minutes logged, like for I don't know. Does yeah. he just want these guys' legs like fall off? I'm I'm not convinced. Uh, hey, I, I, I respect it.
0: You got to cover.
1: I guess the Knicks are uh they they have a better record than they have in a while so maybe they're competitive but at what cost you know But for fantasy as long as you have the guys that are playing the 40 minutes then I guess you're happy and uh until they're like uh, are no more He
2: he does have uh, two of them in Mitch Robinson and RJ Barrett <laughs> RJ Barrett yeah, is almost and- averaging thirty-eight minutes a night. That is ungodly, yeah. um, man.
1: And, uh, and uh, Randall, last time I looked, was almost up there too—thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Like he's just playing his starters like the whole game, literally the whole game. Oh, man. But anyway. Oh, Andy has over
2: Payton. <laughs> he just wanted yeah. all the Knicks players. Wow. <laughs> He was a
1: believer, but RJ Barrett shot better last night when I was uh, watching. He didn't start out so hot, but he finished uh, respectably. That guy's
2: trash. I will. I will die on that <laughs> hill. That guy's terrible.
0: I saw somebody post something the other day, and it's like, RJ Barrett has the nicest looking jump shot that air balls or clanks <laughs> <time."
2: laughs> I saw that tweet. That was good. Uh,
1: um, I mean, Thibodeau is. Uh, he encourages. He says, if you get an open look, take it. And so RJ Barrett, he takes that to heart. Um, for the architect, um, yeah, Joel Embiid is playing really well. Um, and a lot of his uh, top players are, I think that Tobias Harris, um, is going to be a key factor moving forward. Uh, now that he's traded away, uh, Vucevic for Harris, um, he's going to need Harris to perform at a higher level if he wants to, uh, compete for a championship, but ultimately um i don't know i had him i had picked him to uh win our league and a little part of me is uh starting to some doubt is starting to creep in because i just don't know if like is trey young ever going to like play at the fantasy level that we were expecting him to play at you know or like are some of these players really going to figure it out um Is Derek White going to come back and be uh, of value? And so we'll have to see where it all goes. But I am nervous for my pick of uh, Bobby, a.k.a. the Architect, as the fantasy champion of our league.
2: Yeah, well, we will have to just continue to wait and see. Did you guys have anything else on the matchups before we get into Zach's uh, top guys in every category?
0: Nope.
2: All right. Uh Uh-uh. Zach? Hit us with those those top categories.
0: So the week three leaders, so for field goal percent, um you had big R at fifty one point two, which big R will be almost every single week. Every this week. Year. Um free throw percent, you had Bobby at eighty five point two percent, aka the architect. Um three pointers made was scam with ninety-four. Rebounds. I finally got my name on this list. I had 297.
2: Welcome to it, buddy.
0: Yep, we're we're working our way up. <laughs> assists. Um, Ryan had 210, which I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think that's uh, the leader overall for assists for the entire year right now. And then um, steals was Gabe at 59. Blocks was Bobby at 40. And points was Gabe at 807.
2: Go ahead, Gabe. So Gabe was the only one with more than one category then, huh?
0: Uh, Gabe and Bobby, I think they both had two.
2: Bobby had blocks, and what was the other one? Free throw. Ah, gotcha. Yeah,
0: so they both had a good week. And then as far as the NBA goes, um, three-pointers made. McCollum is still leading the league. We kind of went over that earlier. He's on Gary's team. He's averaging five per game right now. Um, Rebounds, Drummond is on my team. He's averaging 15.1. And then I also made a note, I have the number two rebounder in the league now, and Gobert, who's averaging 13.4 um assist leader has changed it was jokic it is now russell westbrook who cam has he's at 11.3 uh-huh. a game. he might not be playing for a month or so
2: doesn't matter the average stays the same buddy that's true
0: jokic's gonna have to keep it up but uh jokic is at number two he's at 10.5 a game um the steals leader is still zeller at three but i think that's because he got injured and he has not been playing And uh, the main active one is Larry Nance right now. He's number two, and he's getting 2.4 a game. Um, For blocks, you've got Miles Turner, who is on the Architects team. He's averaging 4.1 a game. He's been the blocks leader from the get-go the whole year, so uh, that's pretty impressive. And then your points leader has changed as well, and it is Bradley Beal averaging 34.9 a game. Um, I did make a note I think the next two Wizards games have already gotten cancelled due to COVID so each hit Big R hmm.
2: nice he's scoring all those points they're still losing imagine yep
0: I, I saw somebody posted a picture the other day and it's like this really beat up crappy house and then they've got like a brand new Corvette under it and they're like this is
2: Bradley Beal Classic, Mm -hmm. classic memes. Memes will never die. Uh, Guys, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to get out here?
1: No, we're good. Jets just hired a new head coach, but that's for another time.
2: That's for a different podcast. Um, All right, boys. Well, hey, thanks for bearing with us. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed. As always, leave us comments, suggestions, whatever you guys have. Um, Good luck to everybody, and have a good week.